What's up, my good peoples? My name is James Anderson. Welcome to Be Transformed. Today, we're doing something real special. We're taking a training straight out of the Be Transformed playbook. And we're taking a bit of a deep dive into desire and what it is and the role it plays on the decisions we make and the actions we take. You know, sometimes in the Christian community, desire and ambition are often portrayed as these really bad things. They're evil. It's of the flesh. They're like, they're everything that's keeping you from God. And Look, that's just a bit of blown out of proportion, right? There is such a thing as evil desire. But evil is a descriptive word, right? You only need a descriptive word if there's more than one way to describe something. <laughs> So it gets kind of confusing, right? Because sometimes when we get, you, you get this, you hear this message, you listen to these songs, and it's like your desire is to, there's that word desire again, right? Your desire is to, um, to connect with God and, and freaking live on purpose and do something amazing and manifest the kingdom of heaven on earth, and you get these sweet ideas. But then you start hearing this teaching, you're like, desire is bad, and every, you know, ambition is bad, and you're like, all right, dang. Like, you start marinating in these ideas of like, here's these possibilities. Here's these things I could get into. Here's this, maybe I could, I could start this business, right? You start looking around and you're like, dang, you know, I, a lot of people have this one particular kind of problem. And it's like, what if, what if I could create a product that actually solved that problem? And what if people actually benefited from the thing that I created? Well, one, I could like make money and two, I could help people. And then you start thinking about like, well, what if I could, you know, what if I could, like my friends who all have a desire, there's that word again, to want to do something impactful. What if I could get them to work with me and we could create this product and we could grow and we could all make money and we could interact with new peoples and dang, what if we could, uh, you're just like the idea just continues to grow and grow. You're like, freak man, what if we could, uh, what if this became so popular that we like we went like like nationwide and then we went worldwide and just think about all the different people we could meet and the influence we could have right just this dream it's so connected to your potential it just feels so real you just like it's so exciting and then it gets overshadowed right like that 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 excitement kind of starts to fade away and it gets overshadowed by this idea of like no nah, ambition is bad and these things are bad and making money is bad and you know all these things this is of the world your desire is greedy and you want money and and it's just like you like you start to like push those ideas away <laughs> they kind of weigh anchor and set sail because you're like you know those those are the things that they're, they're gonna you know that's that's where pride's gonna grow and and that's where we're gonna walk away from god and you know these things are going to disconnect me and so you push those away and you're like then you go back you're like god i just want to serve you <laughs> i just want to do your will and little did you know that the thing that just set sail <laughs> was god's will <laughs> that might seem like like i'm exaggerating to some of you but to others of you, I mean, that was to the point accurate. You know, Paul says in Romans 12, right? He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We could say that another way. Become totally different by changing the way you think. 
right? So he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, to renew, renew means to bring back to the original, to make what is as it once was, to recommence after an interruption, right? This is about going back to the original intent and purpose of God, right? Like, why did God create the world? Because I'm telling you what, God created the world and he did it on purpose. Then he created mankind and he did it on purpose. Then, I'm going to throw this one in for free, he created free will and he did it on purpose. Sometimes it's like we look and we're like, these are the things that, that cause us to become separated from God. And if God didn't give us these things, then, you know, we could all be robots and we'd all succeed. And it's just like, man, we're missing a bigger and broader picture of who God really is and who we really are. <clears throat> so God created the world on purpose and then he created mankind and he did it on purpose. All right. Well, then in chapter three, it didn't take too long. We had a bit of an interruption, right? That's the fall. Well, to be renewed <laughs> or to renew is to recommence after the interruption. You see, Jesus came <laughs> to bring about the way to get reconnected to the original purpose. The problem that we often deal with is that some of the information we got is so inaccurate that we kind of lose connection with what our purpose is on this earth. You know, a lot of people just kind of sit around being like, I, I hope I can make it till Jesus returns. Totally missing the fact that you were created on purpose, with a purpose. Like God did not create you for heaven, God created you for earth. And there's a mission that you have to accomplish here. <laughs> and he put inside of you this beautiful gift so that you could serve it up to the world. So Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're talking about getting into the original intent and the and the understanding of why God created the world, who God actually is, who you actually are, and what you're actually called to do on this earth. So Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you can test and approve what God's will is. There's a bit of a process to this, which is very interesting. So he says, then you can test and approve what God's will is. Well, that, that phrase, test and approve, this is like a scientist who has a bunch of data that they've collected and then they're going to run it through a series of tests and in each test they're going to catalog their results and then at the end of all their testing they'll take all their results and then from that list of results they'll make their conclusion well so a scientist right he gets all his stuff ready, you know, he busts out the Bunsen burner and the, the beakers and the, cleans up his Petri dishes and plugs in the microscope and he's ready to get rolling. But what happens when the data that the scientist is using is inaccurate? You see, if you take data and you, and you put it through a test, that testing phase will give you results. This is tricky. 
And so when you get your list of results and you base your conclusion off of those results, but if the information you hold is inaccurate, well, the results are based off of inaccurate information, which means that your conclusion is based off of inaccurate information. Well, these conclusions, do they help shape your perspective? They help shape and fuel the way you look at life, how you view God, how you view yourself, what you think you can do, what you think you can't do, what you think you can change, what you think you can't change, how far you think you can go and how far you think you can't go. Perspective. It shapes your belief and your identity. And when the information you have is inaccurate, then your perspective, your belief, and your identities are shaped by incorrect information. That's why Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind then. Then you've got the right data to take through the test and do the only thing that you will find at the end of this is that it is good, pleasing, and perfect. Why? Because everything God creates, he creates to succeed in what it was created for. And my good peoples, when God thought about you, <laughs> he saw himself. God said, let's make man in our image and our likeness. And it was so. <laughs> so we're going to take a good look at the data we have. We're going to take stock of the data we have about desire and about who we are and what it is we're capable of, what we're called to do and how to actually get into it. You see, this is, this is why Be Transformed exists, is to help you change the way you think, to live on purpose and to fully grab hold of the kingdom of heaven. So we're gonna take a look at this passage in James chapter one, because in it he talks about desire. Now in context, he's talking about evil desire, but really this whole, this whole book, right? He's talking about how to think differently. He's like, you shouldn't want to think like this. You should think like this, right? He's like, oh, somebody says they have faith and like, well, I got deeds. He's like, look, I'm going to show you my faith by my deeds because faith without deeds is dead, right? That's, that's shaping your perspective on what faith actually means and what it's about. And so this is the same, right? It's very interesting in this passage because he actually breaks down how desire works. And in context, he's talking about evil desire, but as we'll find out, right, there's a bit of a process. And what you put in affects what you get out. So in James chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 12. It goes a little bit like this. He says, blessed is the one who perseveres under, under trial, that word trial can also be translated into temptation. Blessed is the one who perseveres under temptation, who perseveres under temptation. Having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. <laughs> so straight out of the gate, when we're talking about evil desires, he first starts off with, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial or temptation meaning you got the ability to overcome it. All right, bam, verse 13. Uh, when tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt 
anyone. <laughs> now he's, sh he's shaping the stage, right? He's like, let's understand where desires actually come from. Because sometimes, right, if, if you think that God is tempting you or bringing some struggle into your life, well, then you're, you're never going to think that you have the ability to overcome it. So it's important to understand where certain things are originating from so you can better deal with it. So let's break into this. But each person, verse 14, but each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. But don't be deceived. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So again, we're shaping the view of who God is because the way you view God affects the way you view yourself and the way you view yourself and God affects how you view the rest of the world. So he's setting the record straight. All right, so let's break this down. So he says, but each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. All right, so what, what does it mean to be tempted? Well, tempted is the idea. It's the thing you're thinking about doing. Right? It's like, ooh, I'm tempted to do this. Ooh, I'm tempted to buy that or to say that. Right? It's the thing you're thinking about doing. Right? Each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire. Desire is a craving. It's a longing. It's I have to have that thing that I want. Well, enticed, being enticed or enticement, that's like a curiosity. Like you're thinking, you're like, that's very interesting. I'm going to continue down this path and continue to think about this idea, right? Which leads us into, you know, this, this, this process of being fully conceived. So it says, but each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has fully conceived, this fully conceived, this is the cultivation process, right? This is where that idea kind of moves into your imagination and you start dreaming about uh, this specific thing. So let me give you an example. So let's just say, right, so back in the day, I used to watch all these uh, videos on woodworking. Um, like I had a handyman business and I was just, you know, I like building things out of wood. So I was watching this video... Um, about building a table and in this video this guy introduces me to this new tool like I wasn't thinking about this tool I wasn't thinking I needed something to build this table I was just like what's the process of building this table but then he, he presents this tool and now this tool is just for like a one specific piece of the process and I'm looking at this tool and I'm thinking to myself ah maybe I need that tool to build my table, all right? This is the idea, right? This is like, desire starts out as an idea and that idea is like a seed. So I get introduced to this idea and I all, all of a sudden I just start thinking, dang, maybe I need this tool. All right, so I got a little bit of that desire cooking and 
I'm intrigued, right? I'm curious. That's that enticement. So I go down the path. I think, all right, well, maybe I'll, I look up a couple more videos. Like, what do other people say about this tool? You know, what else can you use it for? And what have been their experiences, right? So I watch a couple videos. You know, then that's one day. And then maybe the next day, I'm just going about my business. And then all of a sudden, I get this idea. And I, I remember this tool. I'm like, oh, dang. And I watch a couple more videos. Well, this is that cultivation process. So I had an idea and it's very interesting. And so the more and more I think about it, the more and more I water that seed of desire. And so the more I study and I learn, I'm like, okay, how do you use it? What kind of accessories does it need? You know, <laughs> what other projects can you do with it? You know, and so, so I, I'm feeding that desire, if you will. <clears throat> And then maybe the next day I'm going about my business and then bam, I get this idea, right? Because I've already been thinking about it. And so I get the idea again and I go and I feed that desire some more. I go and I do a little more research. I'm like, I start actually breaking down my options for the tool that I could buy. So I'm like, all right, well, I don't need the industrial version. And I don't like the DIY version. Like, What's the best contractor version? What size do I need? And what are the brands and whatever? And so <laughs> the further and further down the road I get, the more and more clear I'm getting, right? I, I, I'm, I'm essentially kind of, I'm whittling down all the options so that I can then make a decision. Now, again, in context, James is talking about evil desire, but what I'm talking about, that's not evil. Like if I got the money, that's not a problem. The problem can arise if you get kind of like addicted to shopping and buying the new thing and then you don't have any money. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a bit of a problem. But under the, you know, decent conditions, like there's, there's nothing wrong with this process. But I will tell you the truth. I've been through this process of researching, right? You see something, you, you think about buying something, and then I'll do that research. And that research is like that cultivation. The more I think about having it, oh, it's going to solve my problem. And I get so hyped up, right? That's that cultivation. I get so hyped up on this product that then I got to have it. Because desire, desire is that craving. It's that longing. It's that I have to have that thing that I want. So James says when that desire is fully conceived, then it gives birth to sin. Well, that birthing process is action and sin is your result. So I've been through this process so many times, you know, like I can, I, 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 I can, I, now I catch myself, right? Because there's been plenty of times where I, I thought about buying something. I did all the research. I created all this desire. And now I like, I got to have this product. Right? My desire is fully conceived and I'm ready to make a decision. I know which one I want to buy. But I can't tell you how many times I bought something because that desire was so fully conceived. I bought it and then I didn't even use it for like six months. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes it's, it's like it's not even necessarily something you need. <laughs> but it's just like this is the process of how desire works. And so the more you can, you can understand it, the more you can... Take control of it. So let me give you another example. One that, that isn't so good, right? Let's just say, 
let's just say you're, you're, you're on your phone and you're flipping through Facebook or Instagram, right? And then you see this picture of the opposite sex. Now you weren't thinking nothing weird. You weren't, you didn't get on there with some specific intention, but you're just, you're just flipping through there and bam, all of a sudden you see this picture of the opposite sex and bam, you have an idea. And you think, what if I could find a picture that was more revealing? right? It showed a little bit more <laughs> of the human body. You know what I'm saying? What was that? That's an idea. Well, that idea, right? It says, but each person is tempted when they're first dragged away by their own evil desire. So you had an idea. That's a seed. So it seems interesting, right? That's that enticed, right? It's curious. Whoa. You weren't, it just, all of a sudden, you saw something, this idea triggered, and you start thinking, dang. Like, you have this desire to go look up specific body parts or words or whatever to look at these pictures. All right, but here, here's what we got to, we want to grab hold of this right here. Being tempted isn't the problem. Remember, he said, blessed is the one who perseveres under trials or temptations. So temptation in this instance, that thought, that's not, that's not sin. I know sometimes it gets confusing, right? You know, Jesus is like, whoever, you know, thinks about committing adultery, committed adultery. <clears throat> but in this instance, it's like being tempted, that's not the problem. Like you didn't fail. It's what you do next that determines what happens. <laughs> so you get this idea and you start thinking, dang. Well, let's just say you start you start cultivating this idea, right? Like you move this idea and you start imagining the different words you could type up. And you start thinking about what you could see and you're like, dang, it's very interesting, right? And all of a sudden you start to get pretty emotionally connected to this idea, right? And your body starts to do some transformation. And then bam, until once that desire has fully grown, it's like you create that desire so bad that it's like, oh, I, I got to do it. I want, I got to have that thing that I want. That it then gives birth to sin, right? Like you want to take action and from your action, you get your result. Now here's where we're going to dive in a bit deeper. So there's an interesting process that's going on with your mind in relation to your body. So in this process of desire, there's a connection going on between your mind and your body. So you're thinking these thoughts, right? So we're thinking these thoughts of like, all right, it, it, uh, it'd be interesting to look at some of these, these uh, pictures of the opposite sex, right? Well, you start to create this desire to do it, right? That, that, that emotion, like you're getting emotionally connected to this idea. So here's what happens. Your brain sends a chemical signal to your body and tells it to release a certain hormone that produces an emotion that corresponds with the idea that you're thinking about. So you're thinking about this idea, your body sends that chemical signal, now you're starting to feel connected to this idea. Well, the more you've got that emotion cooking in your body, the more you want to focus on that idea. 
Well, the more you focus on that idea, the more your, your brain is sending these chemical signals and the more of that hormone is being released in your body. There's this chemical reaction happening. And so the more and more you're marinating on this idea, the more and more your body is filling up with this chemical. This is, this is when desire is being conceived, right? That, that seed, that idea is being watered and your body is starting to transform. It's starting to uh, prepare itself. You see, this is fascinating. Your body, your nervous system, cannot tell at this point that the things you're thinking are only in your mind. Your body can't tell the difference between what's happening in your mind and what's actually happening in real life. So your body's actually starting to prepare to experience the thing you're thinking about because your body thinks you're about to have this experience this like this real life experience but it's like all you got is just these ideas cooking in your mind so your body is like woo, it's on board right so the more you think about that the greater the emotion the greater emotion the more you think about that the more you think about the greater emotion i'm like oh my gosh i gotta do it it gives birth to action and then action your result okay <laughs> okay well here's where it gets even crazier so james said that he says, okay, but each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and then enticed, that after desire is fully conceived, it gives birth to sin. All right. <laughs> then it says, when sin has fully grown, it gives birth to death. So sin was your result, right? So what he's saying is that when you take this same process, so let's just say, right, so you're looking on your phone, you saw this picture, you, then you start having these ideas, you, you were thinking about those ideas on so much that your body got involved, that desire grew, and then you took action. All right, and then you got your result. Well, what he's saying here is that if you take this same pattern and you repeat it, over and over, right? He said, when sin has fully grown, that fully grown, that's repetition of the same process. So maybe, right, one day you were sitting down, you had that experience, boom. All right, well, whatever, you just go about your business. Couple days later, you're flipping around and bam. You see another picture. Well, that picture, bam, real quick, your body got engaged, right? Chemical signal to your body, boom. You're starting to feel that thing. You're like, hot dang. You get emotionally connected to it. It grows. That desire is there. Bam! You take action. Your result. All right. Well, maybe this goes on, you know, where it's like maybe it's just like a couple times a week. And then it moves to like weekly. And then it moves to like, you know, every day, multiple times a day, right? So he's like, when sin is fully grown, you, you operate in that process with repetition, then it gives birth to death. Well, death represents habit, belief, and identity. So what happens, so we're going back to this, the, what happens in the body. So the more and more you marinate on that same quality idea, you're producing that same emotion, right? Your body's sending that same chemical signal. So you've got this, this, this chemicals going on in your body. 
Well, when you repeat this process over and over and over, and the more you think about it, and the more you're creating that desire, maybe maybe you're like you're like at work or you're at school, and bam, you just, that that idea pops in your mind, and then that that you, your emotions kick in, and you just you've got that you know you're just in your imagination thinking about it. Well, all that time, right? You're 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 marinating in that emotional state. Well, what's happening physiologically is that that repetition is creating a con a conditioning of the body. You see, a habit is something that you do with such repetition over time that your body can do it automatically without you having to consciously think about it, right? I mean, you can walk and you're not thinking about moving your legs. But I mean, there was a point when you were learning to walk that it's like, yes, you probably were, you know, when you're a kid, you, you know, like you're focused on what you're doing, but now you can walk and talk. And so your body, it's, it's very practical that you have these habits, right? Because then you can walk, but you could be on the phone and now you're, you're focused only on the conversation. You're not, you're not really watching where you're going or, you know, what you're walking over, which is sometimes why you trip. But, but creating habits is very practical. But in this case, this repetition is actually you're training your body how you want to operate. Your body is taking this repetition and it's, it's downloading it, if you will. And it's, it's, it's interpreting this as this is the new, this is the state of being that you want to operate in. Right? Your state of being is the way you think, feel, and act. Your body is in this state so often that it becomes so familiar that it actually transforms to do it more effectively because your body thinks this is the new default setting that you want to live at. So remember, your, your brain sends these chemical signals to your body, right? And there's these chemical receptors, there's these cells that receive these different chemicals. Well, when you're constantly flowing in the same kind of chemical, the, the receptors actually begin to transform so that they can better accept this specific kind of chemical signature, right? Because you're constantly in this emotional state your body thinks this is the emotional state that you always want to be in. So it starts to, to adapt so it can better receive that signal and then it can receive it in higher doses. Because in a very real way, your body's becoming addicted and conditioned to this emotional state. Now here's where it gets wild. Because there's a transition that happens when, you're, when, you're, when your body kind of accepts this as a habit is that your body transitions, right? It, where your body becomes your mind. You see, your body is meant to be the tool of your mind. You think the thoughts you want to do, you think the thoughts you want to think, and then you do the things you want to do, right? Your body's the tool that you're able to do that. But when you get into this repetition of the same state of being, thinking, feeling, and acting, with such repetition, your body's taking that as the default. So here's what happens. Let's just say you wake up one morning, right? Now, when you first wake up, your mind's clear. Like it's just, bam, it's good. 
This might be 10 seconds, this might be 20 seconds. And then bam, all of a sudden, you're hit with that emotion. There was a chemical signal sent in your body and you started to feel that emotion. You weren't thinking any thoughts. Your body became so conditioned that it says, this is the default setting you want to operate in. So you wake up in the morning and bam, it hits you with that emotion. Now this becomes so familiar that you could totally not even recognize that this is happening. You're hit with that emotion. What does that emotion do? That emotion has connected to it the same kind of ideas. So you get that sex drive cooking. What are you thinking about? Ideas that are related to that emotion. So that emotion stimulated the type of thoughts you were thinking. Hot dang. Those ideas fuel that emotion. The greater that emotion, the greater you think those thoughts. You see, you can get trapped in this loop, and this is how you create these habits. And people, you can get real stuck. You can feel like you're stuck. You can feel like there's no way out. It's <laughs> very fascinating. But let's just, let's just let's take this even further. This like this kind of like the, the sexual desire, this is, this is not the only uh, emotional state that this works with. This works with all different kinds, right? So let's hop off this idea for a second and let's, let's think about the past. Let's think about fear, doubt, insecurity, identity crisis. Maybe, um, maybe there's a past event and man, maybe somebody did something to you. Maybe you did something to somebody else. Maybe you had a, a bad interaction or maybe you had a fight with somebody or shoot. Maybe you set out to accomplish something and you totally freaking bombed. You know, maybe, maybe you unintentionally offended <laughs> all kinds of people. Well, those past events, whatever they may be, they've got a pretty strong emotion connected to it. And so what happens is you can, you can't, you, you can, you don't have to, but you can, you can get stuck in that past event, that the memory of that event. And so you, that, that past event, whatever it happens. And then you start thinking about it, right? Like you continually relive it. Like you're thinking about what they did. And then you're thinking about what you did. And while you're thinking that, bam, your, your, your brain sends that chemical signal to the body. And now you're literally, you feel that same exact emotion that you were feeling in that moment. You feel it right now. So for all intents and purposes, purposes, you are literally reliving that event. It's, it's actually like you're there in that past event right now when you're feeling it, right? And so you're thinking about these things and you're getting trapped in this loop, right? You just, you constantly, you're thinking about what they said and what you said and how you felt and you're feeling those feelings and the more you're feeling those feelings, the more you're thinking about that you're getting mad or you're getting sad or you're getting, maybe you're getting scared, whatever it was, whatever it is, you get into this cycle again of, of thinking and feeling and feeling and thinking. Well, in the exact same way of, of like the sexual desire, your body can get so used to living in this state of being the way you think feel and act that it thinks that this is the new default that you want to operate in. So now, bam, you wake up in the morning, 
it, it, it all seems good. And then bam, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, you're hit with this emotion. Maybe you're hit with that fear and then bam, that fear incites those ideas and those, in, those ideas increase that fear and you're trapped in this loop again. It's tricky. But if we look at this process, we can take out some very enlightening ideas. So if you look at the two bookends, right? So we got, all right. So if you take, you got thought, right? Tempted, tempted was thought, desire. That's like your craving. That craving causes you to get into that cultivation. That's that think about, meditate, marinate until you take action. And then from action, you got your results. Well, if we look at the two bookends, right? You got thoughts and your results. Well, the quality of your results are in direct relation to the quality of the ideas that you're marinating in, right? First, we were just looking at like uh, just buying a tool. There's nothing wrong with that. So the quality of the idea is going to affect the quality of the results, right? Then we're thinking about, oh man, you know, let's look at the opposite sex, you know? Well, the quality of that idea is going to create the quality of that result, right? Your desire is shaped by the quality of the thoughts. See, people say, well, if you look at this process and you look where your mind is going, oh, desire is bad. Man, shoot. That's like, um, that's like, say, that's like, that's like if you went and you baked a cake and then, you know, you take the cake out of the oven and you cut open a little slice and you take a bite and you're like, break, man, that's disgusting. Throw out the oven. Dude. <laughs> you could throw out the oven, but that that cake was not the oven's fault. <laughs> when your cake is gross, you want to consider the recipe you had and the quality of your ingredients. You see, desire is a vehicle. It's like a GPS, right? You can't be blaming the GPS for where it took you if you typed in the coordinates. So if you really want to grab a hold of desire, you got you to gotta, you gotta start to pay attention to the quality of the thoughts that you're thinking. But it gets challenging, man. It gets real challenging because if, if, if you don't understand this and let's just go back to the pictures right you're, you're looking at these pictures and you got these desires and you're thinking these thoughts and you're connected to the you know this this emotion and this emotional state you wake up in the morning you don't even know this is happening you wake up in the morning bam you got those emotions your mind's going you're like dang man i'm like a hot freaking mess and then you go and you listen to these messages and these songs. And you're like, oh, you know, we're weak. And oh, man, oh my gosh, you got to stop sinning. And if you want to become more like God, you got to focus on not sinning because he doesn't sin. And it's like, look, we got to become more righteous and we got to become more holy. And then you, <laughs> you, think, you think about your life. And you're like, Frank, man, like I'm so far from this. I don't know what to do. And they're like, look, you got to focus on not sinning. And so you go and you focus on, on, on not sitting and then you find it's not working. 
And then, you, and then you get into these accountability groups, right? And the accountability groups like, okay, man, what's everybody struggling with? And you're like, dang, what am I struggling with? And you start thinking about it. You start, you take your focus off just living. And then you're thinking, oh yeah, what am I struggling with? Oh yeah, you know, I, you know, I keep looking at these, thinking about these pictures. Like, okay, man, well, you got to stop that. What are you going to do? So, well, I'm not going to look at them. You all go, okay, boom. All right, don't, don't look at them. And so you go home and bam, you start thinking about looking at them. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know, what the heck is wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. And you go back to church and you're like, hey, you know, you got to stop sinning and you got to become more righteous and God desires somebody holy. And it's like, you know, if you'd only humble yourself and you're like, dang, I got to humble myself. and I'm going to practice on not sinning. And, and, and it's just like, <clears throat> dang. So you, you go back to what Paul said, right? He said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can test and approve what God's will is. Well, when you take the data that you have, and you run it through all these you run it through all these tests right you're hearing you're hearing the data right the data is man we got to be more righteous we got to be more holy you know we got to humble ourselves like we got to fast like you know all your all, all, all your desire and all your ambition it's bad and you're like dang well look at all the things i'm thinking and they're like yes look at all those things why you're of the flesh and you know you're just whatever and you're going to these accountability groups and you're like what are you struggling with oh here's what i'm struggling with and it's just like it, you just like it seems like it's not possible <laughs> so <laughs> you start cataloging your results right you start thinking okay whew, i gotta focus on not sinning. i want to become more like god so i gotta focus on not sinning and you're like find the that all you kind of want to do is is sin and so bam that's a result right so you write that down you said i can't do it all right then the next day goes by you're listening to these messages you got to be more righteous you got to be more holy you know you got to humble yourself you're like bam that's what i got to do and i'm humbling myself and oh my gosh i'm just i'm got this desire and these ideas spark again and then bam Then you go to these accountability meetings. What are you struggling with? Oh my gosh, I'm struggling with this. And you gotta humble yourself. <laughs> you gotta focus on not sinning. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna try it. I can't do it. You got this, you got this whole list. I can't do it. 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 Oh. I can't do it. Not physically. I can't do it. This is how God made me. This is who I am. With such repetition, it becomes a habit. That habit starts to shape. That habit starts to shape your belief system. Well, this is just how God made me. I just I can't do it. I'm just I'm just a sinner. I'm just broken. <laughs> habit, belief, identity. I'm just broken. There's just something wrong with me. I'm supposed to be this and I can't be it. Therefore, conclusion, I'm not good enough. 
Well, now what? Well, now it's just like, well, okay, well, if I, if I can't actually, if I can't actually change, if this is how God made me and I'm just broken, then it's like, my hope is then I could just, you know, I could just be good enough to then hopefully make it to when Jesus returns, right? And it seems, man, it seems like it makes sense because you took the information you had, you put it through all the tests, you cataloged all your results, and it seems like this conclusion makes sense. And then you go and you hear more messages, and these messages seem to reinforce your conclusion. Yeah, you are broken. Yeah, you are jacked up. Yeah, you are weak. Yeah, you are of the flesh. And you're like, see? Look, I can't do it. I keep doing it. They say I can't do it. And look, I, I, I literally, I couldn't do it. <laughs> so we spend all our time and all of our energy like trying to earn our position in God. You know, you're... you're, you're we're chasing after righteousness. We're trying to be more holy. <laughs> Dang. And the, 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 problem, the problem is, is that this conclusion causes us to put our focus in somewhere completely opposite of where God would have you put your focus. See, we spend all our time trying to <laughs> trying to chase after something we already have as if we don't have it. That's freaking tricky. Because you think you don't have something. You think you don't have righteousness, right? Because look at all the things you're doing. And you're like, freak, this just this ain't working. So I'm chasing after trying to become more righteous. And then, you know, it gets even harder because now you got this perspective. Well, I'm broken. Well, I'm jacked up. Well, it's just this, this is just who I am. And then you read the Bible with that perspective. And then you start misinterpreting it. You get into Romans where, where Paul says, oh, you know, it's like all the things I want to do, I don't do. And all the things I do, do, I don't want to do. Oh, what a wretched man I am. And you're like, see, he gets it. That's me. That's what I'm struggling with. That's what's happening. What I want to do, I can't do. This is it. I'm broken. <laughs> and we completely and utterly confuse and misinterpret <laughs> what he's talking about. And we think it reinforces our incorrect conclusion. It's tricky, man. Dang, is it tricky. Because everything seems like it makes sense. Our results seem like they make sense. Because of, like our conclusion makes sense because of our results. And we get lost. But man, it's like, but the, the, the thing that really gets lost is like your purpose becomes null and void. We get so focused on all the things that we shouldn't do that we actually never learn how to get into the things that we should do. Right? I often say it's like if all you know is what not to do, man, you don't freaking know enough. Because if there's something you're not supposed to be doing, by default that means there's something you are supposed to be doing. 
let's just say you wanted to quit smoking. And, you know, or maybe somebody else, whatever. Let's just say somebody wanted to quit smoking. And, you know, they're like, okay, bam, today, boom, done. I'm not going to smoke today. And you started thinking, all right, right, I'm going to focus on not smoking. You man, I'm not going to smoke. 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 Right? You're singing these songs. You're thinking these thoughts. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to smoke. Well, if we go back to how does desire work? First, you get your idea, right? That idea is very interesting. Well, in that interest, right, it's like desirable. You start to cultivate it. You start to think about it. The more you think about it, the more you're cultivating that seed. You cultivate that. You can cultivate that to the point where then it's like it becomes very hard to not take action. It gets tricky because you're thinking, well, look, I don't want to smoke. So I'm thinking about not smoking. The problem is, is that you're still thinking about smoking. You're thinking, I don't want to, but you're still thinking about the thing you don't want to do. And what happens is you become so hyper aware of the thing that you don't want to do that you end up creating the desire to do it. And we think we're trapped. And people say, you got to focus on not sinning. And so you focus on not smoking. And then you find that you keep having this desire to smoke. Interesting. <laughs> Let's just say I was going to go on a diet. Quote, unquote. Let's just say I was going to cut out a couple things in my diet, right? Let's just say I was going to cut out Oreos and Cheetos, right? I already, this, this is terrible. But let's just pretend, right? I was like, all right, I'm not going to eat Cheetos and Oreos. So I'm like, all right, made that decision. And I, I, I start going throughout the day. And then I start getting hungry. And I start thinking about the things that I can't have. I start thinking about... Oreos and Cheetos. I'm like, well, but I can't have those, but I'm hungry. And now all I can think about is these Cheetos and these Oreos. But I'm thinking, no, no, I can't have them. I can't have them. I can't have them. Well, the more I think about these things that I can't have, the more I want it. That's not because I'm broken. That's because that's how desire works. <laughs> Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Become totally different by changing the way you think. If, I, if I'm not going to eat Cheetos and Oreos, that means I can eat anything else. So if I'm hungry, I'm going to think about what I can eat and go eat. Then I'm not hungry anymore and I go about my day. The more I think about what I can't have, the more I create the desire to have it. The more I forget about what I can't have and think about what I can have, the more I get into living instead of denying. But see, we, the Christian culture is a lot about denying, and it's very little about embracing, which is why most people are very stuck. They're not stuck because they're broken. They just think they're broken because the information they have is inaccurate. <sighs> Dang. All right. <laughs> Let me give you another example. You guys ever seen that movie, Boss Baby? There's this scene in that movie um, where 
there's there's the, the two brothers, right? You got the boss baby, which the boss baby it's like a like like an adult in a human body, right? Where it walks around, wears a suit and tie, and you know talks. And then you got the older brother. Well, there's this chase scene in this movie where, you know, their their parents are with the bad guy and they're they're driving to the airport and the kids got left with this, you know, the bad guy nanny, and the the kids devise this plan to escape and then go try to reach out to their parents. So they they get in the garage and the older brother grabs his bike. There's a basket in front, puts the boss baby uh, in the basket, straps up their helmets, and then uh, busts out on this chasing. And during this process, Timothy, the older brother who's riding his bike, he runs into all these obstacles, right? A lot of these are like his fears. Of, of riding a bike but the boss baby's there and he's throwing down all these sweet life quotes uh, to help him overcome these obstacles so that they can they can continue to get away from the bad guy and reach their parents so you know bam they're they're screaming down the road and the boss baby's like he's like look tim he's like you have got to pedal faster and tim's like dude i can't he's like <laughs> uh, he's like no 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 you here you you, you, you got to do it and so he starts pedaling faster, right? And then his training wheels bust off. And then he's like, he starts freaking out. He's like, I can't, I can't ride without training wheels. And he says, well, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And you know, Tim, he's, he's doing, he's never ridden without training wheels before. And he's doing this giant, like over corrections, right? Doing this giant, these big old S curves. And, uh, and, and the boss baby says, right, he's like, He's like, you know, success is not so much of a straight line, but more like a wild ride. It's like you're a sea captain and, you know, you're taming the oceans. And so Timothy, who's riding the, who's, who's riding the bike, he shifts from this perspective of fear and like, I can't. And he moves into his imagination, into this whole like, you know, imaginative play. And he starts to picture himself as the sea captain. And it's like, now this is just a big adventure. This isn't like something scary. This is like something like you, you, you have fun with and you like you conquer. So he shifts from being scared and then he, bam, he's like, he, you know, he starts to get the hang of riding without training wheels. But then it happens. <laughs> Off. In the way distance is this tree. Is this tree. Tim's like, whoa, there's a tree. <laughs> now, Tim has this relationship with trees. You see, every time he rides his bike near a tree, he ends up running into the tree. So he's got all these past experiences, right? All these past failures. Every time he goes by this tree, he, he runs into it. So he sees this tree. It's off in the distance. He's like, oh my gosh, we're going to hit this tree. <laughs> now, Timothy, right? With all the fibers in his being, he does not want to hit this tree. Man, he's, he's like, I don't want to hit this tree. I don't want to hit this tree. I don't want to hit this tree. Hot dang, I don't want to hit this tree. All his nerve endings, right? They're all activated, you know, like in preparation <laughs> for full contact. He's thinking, I don't want to hit this tree. You see, what, what Tim doesn't understand is that his focus is his aim and the object of his focus is his target. 
not only is he focused on this tree, but he's afraid. And fear actually, it, it increases, it magnifies, accelerates, accentuates your focus and your attention. And what he doesn't understand is, is that as he focuses where he wants to go, his handlebars follow. So the boss baby, he sees this and he's like, hot oh, dang. He's like, look, if you aim for failure, you will always succeed. And the kid's like, what? <laughs> he's like, aim away from failure. He takes his eyes and his focus off that tree and he puts it in the open space right next to it. And what do you know? He started to drift where he was looking. Some of us, we have heard it so backwards. And some of us, we've heard it for far too long. That the way to overcome is to focus on the things you want to overcome. And that is why so many people get so stuck. Is because we're taking what we're hearing and we're applying it to the best of our abilities. The problem is, is that the things that we're hearing aren't always accurate. And so we're trying to focus on not sitting. We're trying to focus on what we don't want to become. But then we tend to become the very thing we don't want to become. Right? You know, he got that example of like, you know, people who, you know, they grow up a husband and wife and they have kids. They're like, I don't want to become like my parents. I'm not going to be like my parents. And then what happens? They become like their parents. Why is that though? Is it because it's in their genes? Is it because they were destined? No. I'll tell you why it happened. It happened because they never found a pattern that they actually wanted to model. They never learned another way and then trained themselves to operate in that pattern. That's why they never became anything different because the only pattern they had was the pattern they didn't want. You will never become what you want to be by focusing on what you don't want to be. That just chunked that will never happen. You become what you continually think about. All right. Let me prove it. <laughs> and, uh, in 2 Corinthians, with the, it's Paul again. Paul is the master of the mind, man. Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. He says, As we, with unveiled faces, contemplate on the Lord's glory, we're being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory. And this is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So he says, as we with unveiled faces. Unveiled is like revelation. This is where... You're able to see something you never saw before, but was always there. And he says, so as we who can see, as we contemplate, as we think about, meditate, marinate, cultivate the Lord's glory, we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. And this is from the Lord who is a spirit. It is the purpose and intention of God that you become like him.
conform to his image. <laughs> Dang, somebody. In context, Paul's talking about Moses in the Old Testament. And Moses, you know, he would go and hang out in the tent of meeting and he would behold God's glory. He was in his presence and it says that he would talk to God as a friend talks to another friend. <laughs> like an open dialogue. Anyways, with Moses, this guy, he's in there, man, just beholding the glory of God. And what would happen is that he would come out and he was totally different. By beholding the glory of God, he literally started to be transformed. And he became uh, a holder and a reflector of that glory so he'd come out of the tent and his face was shining like the sun man he would put this veil over his face because the longer he was away from god's presence the more that glory would fade so he put a veil over his face so people didn't see the dimming process <laughs> well paul's whole point he's like look man if there was that kind of glory in that covenant then what kind of glory is there for you and me right here right now in this covenant He says, as you contemplate on the Lord's glory, you're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. What was Moses' problem? Moses' problem that as soon as he walked out of the presence, he was dealing with uh, ever-decreasing glory. Well, the thing that, one of the things Jesus restored was that connection back to the Spirit of God. So where people had to go to the tent or the temple to get contact with the Spirit of God, and we became the temple. So he says, we who bear the glory, as we meditate and marinate on his glory, we're becoming transformed into his, his image, but this is with ever-increasing glory, not decreasing. And this is the purpose of God. All right, check this out. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 3. Peter says, he says, and his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And it's through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And it's through these, his own glory and goodness, that he gave us his very great and precious promises. So that through them, the promises, you may participate in the divine nature, having check this out, escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. <laughs> you might be surprised at what is actually in the Bible versus what other people say is in the Bible. <laughs> Having escaped the corruption that's in the world caused by evil desires. All right, well, remember, how does desire work? Well, desire starts out with an idea. The quality of the idea affects the quality of your results. Your results are the byproduct of the quality of the idea you're marinating in. All right. All right, well, what are we called to be beholding? The glory. What are you being conformed into? The thing that you continue to behold. Well, Peter's like, all right. He's like, well, check this out. It's like... Let's put some uh, whipped cream on that ice cream. He says, we have everything we need for life and for godliness. I'm talking about right here, right now, as we live and breathe. We have everything we need for life and godliness. But you find this out through 
your knowledge of him. As you continue to experience and increase in your knowledge, the more you do that, the more you start to understand who God is. Right? He's like, because then you start to understand what his, his actual promises are. Well, these promises give us access to participate in the divine nature. <laughs> we have access to participate in the d- divine nature because we've escaped the corruption that's in the world caused by evil desires. This is why you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. you got to become totally different by changing the way you think. And then you're like, huh, well, people with unveiled faces who couldn't see something but was all, already there, then the veil gets taken off and you start to see it. And my gosh, does everything start to change? Because Peter goes on, man, and he lists these, these qualities. He's like, look, if you hold these qualities in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of God. Well, it's in your knowledge of God that you start to find out everything you actually have and how to actually walk in it. He said, but people who don't have these qualities, they're blind and they're nearsighted, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. People who don't, who aren't beholding the correct image start to follow an image that's not correct. And you start to be conformed to that the message and the perspectives and the ideologies. And you, you start to think, well, I'm no good. I'm broken. I'm a sinner. Look at all these things. Look at how jacked up I am. How all my desires are evil. And they've forgotten that they've been cleansed from past sins. So people are living in the past, not understanding what they have, what they have access to, how to grab hold of that and then walk it out on purpose. Dang. All right. Here's what Jesus says in John 15, starting at verse 7. He says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you will ask whatever you wish. That word wish can be translated into desire. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you can ask whatever you desire. And it'll be done for you because it's to my Father's glory. It's to his glory that you bear much fruit, proving that you're my disciples. If you remain in me, that's that, that's that connection. That's that belief. That's, that's the, the beholding. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that's the truth. That's what God actually said. That's what he actually means. Not what other people misinterpret what he means or who they think he is. No, who he actually is. <laughs> if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you'll ask whatever you desire. Why? It's because your desires are shaped by the ideas you marinate in. So when the ideas that you're marinating are the things of God, then my gosh, your desires happen to be the things of God. That's no mistake. That's called intent. That's purpose that's design you were created to behold the beauty i don't mean beauty is like this religious like oh woe is me i mean the beauty is in like hot freaking dang everything i was created for was to be connected to god it's like it it's like you know where things make sense (laughs) where the gears stop grinding and they start working together 
and the chain can start moving and, and, and the pieces actually work. <laughs> Dang, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you'll ask whatever you desire because your desires are my desires and my desires are your desires. It's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. It's for his namesake, his reputation. You are called to reflect, to, to display the true representation of who God is. But you can only do that if you actually know who he really is. Check this out. This is Paul again. <laughs> Paul, man. Paul. This guy. This guy did some things. Mongo peoples. Paul did some things. Check this out. Here's what he says in Romans 8. Verse, oh, starting at verse 28. <laughs> Most people know this verse, but then I don't know how many people know the verse that comes after this. He says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his, what? Purpose. Verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of of his son for those God foreknew that means he knew ahead of time he also predestined which means he predetermined their destination to be conformed to the image of the son that's God's intent that's his purpose that you be like his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters we're talking about the resurrection that when Jesus resurrected it brought about the ability to be adopted back into sonship where we became sons and daughters of God and believe it or not Jesus became the older brother which is deep those he predestined he also called those he called he also justified and those he justified my good peoples he glorified dang the more you behold the truth of who God is and who you are, the more you start to become conformed to the true image of who God is. The more you understand who God is, the more you start to understand who you are. The more you start to understand what this life is about and how to actually get into it. A lot of people are the chaser, man. They, 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 want, they want purpose. They want mission. And that's legit. It's because you were made for it. But here's, here's, a, here's some hidden treasure. Your purpose is already in the mind of God. The more you can understand what God's will is, like overarching will, why he created the world, mankind, what he gave us to do, the more you understand that, the more you start to find your role in that. The more you understand that we were called, we were built, not for heaven, for earth that's why we got these dirt bodies though spirit and connected to God this is the original intent the reason we're connected and put here is so that we would manifest the invisible because we're connected to it in the visible that's why we got the bodies so that the visible look like the invisible and God gave each one of us special gifts to be able to develop draw out and to take that pattern of the kingdom and manifest it on this earth. So the more you start to understand that, the more you'll start to find your role in it. 
This is why he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Being born again, as Miles says, doesn't change your mentality. That's why you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Getting back into the original ideas of who God actually is, who you actually are, what we're actually called to do, and then how we actually get into that. Because everything God creates, man, he creates to succeed, and he does it all on purpose. There is a whole nother training that's about this long that where we go into how to practically change the way you think, right? Where we, we, we start recognizing these different patterns and habits of, uh, you know, thinking and feeling that we have. And then we start to transition and we recognize those, but then we, we replace them with what we actually want, right? Because we create these habits on accident. Like it's not, if we intentionally knew what we were doing, we probably wouldn't have done most of it what we've done. We wouldn't have, you know, conditioned ourselves to do half the stuff if we knew what was happening. So there's a whole process in which you, you can become aware of what you don't want. But it, it's not just about getting rid of what you don't want. It's about getting into what you do want. Remember, you don't become what you want to become by focusing on what you don't want to become. You start focusing on what you want to become and that that, that has built into it getting rid of what you don't want. Because what you don't want is not in what you do want. So the more you start to focus on what you want, you find that pattern and then you start training and practicing that pattern. You'll find your own old pattern pops up, but now you've got, you've got this unveiled face. You're actually able to see what's going on, right? Because knowledge creates awareness. And awareness is step number one in being able to change. So you start to see what's happening. Your old pattern stop, pops up, you recognize it, and then you stop. You don't keep employing. You don't keep going down that path. You stop, and then you start to employ your new pattern, the pattern you want, right? The people are like, well, I don't want to be like my parents. Well, they needed a pattern. You get that pattern. You're like, okay, my kid's freaking out. I'm freaking out. All right, I'm catching myself. Boom, this is the old pattern. This is my old habits I created. I'm freaking out. They're freaking out. I'm in the middle of freaking out, and then all of a sudden I kind of step back, and I'm like, oh, dang, I'm freaking out. What am I going to do? Well, I'm going to stop. I'm going to take a deep breath. What do I, what's the pattern say? All right. Well, you don't have to freak out just because somebody else freaked out. We want to employ self-control, which is your ability to control yourself. This is the fruit of the Spirit, by the way. This is the pattern I want to employ. I want to be patient. I want to be kind. All right, well, let's maybe put them in a timeout and let me calm down. And then we'll come back calm and we'll address what happened and then we'll move on. Bam, you just employed the pattern you wanted to employ. You found, you recognize when you're employing the old one and it gave you an opportunity to put another repetition in for the pattern that you want to apply. My good peoples. <laughs> This has been good. I'm glad you came and hung out with me. I want you to know that this is just the beginning. My name is James Anderson. This is Be Transformed. Change the way you think. Change your life. My good peoples. Until next time. Peace.